0: Welcome to Bible Fellowship Assembly Sunday Morning Messages. Today, Trevor McNulty shares a message entitled, The Providence of God in My Life. And now, here's Trevor.
1: Well, congratulations, Brayden, on your expression of faith this morning. Um, That is a very, very big moment in anybody's life, and... If anybody here has not yet been baptized and taken that step of obedience uh, to let God and the believers know where you stand, uh, I would definitely encourage you to do that. Um, it is a monumental step to take. Now, I'd like to also thank Mark Daguerre for last week's message to get us started off with the providence of God and all the things we learned from Mark last week. Let's open in a quick word of prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, just pray, Lord, that you would work through the message this morning. Lord, that it's all about you and that it's your words. Lord, prepare our hearts and our minds, and may our lives be affected by the what you want us to learn this morning. Amen. So on a quick note, there's a pretty good echo up here from the mic, so I'm not sure if there's something we can do about that, but. So I was tasked with the sovereignty of God this morning. Um and I was, uh, <laughs> very overwhelmed by that topic. It is a ginormous topic and it seems like it should be simple enough to explain. But in reality, uh, it just explodes into so much that it is very difficult to actually put a definition to it. To put a, uh, a concise and quick one-hitter line to this is what it is. Because the sovereignty of God truly affects every single aspect of everything we experience. So after working it through and, uh, I was actually very surprised even when you, the internet and Bible resources and different things, there was no real, uh, great definitions that I could find. So I compiled everything that I've seen and came up with, uh, with this way of uh, summarizing the sovereignty of God. And this is what I would say. God is the absolute ruler of all things, controls all things. Nothing has happened or will happen without God allowing it to happen. And no one outside of God has any authority over any part of his creation, which is absolutely everything, by the way. God has complete authority. Some very real truths of God's sovereignty are that God never needs our permission or our understanding. God does as he wills, and thank the Lord that his will is that God loves us and does not give us what we deserve. And we will touch more on that later. But it is very important to keep in your mind that God does not need our permission or our understanding. An ever-growing and extremely concerning trend that, has, that I have noticed for sure is that people believe that it's okay to question God. When has that ever been okay? Remember that God is sovereign over all things. He is in full control. Yet when people read his word, we believe that it's okay to question things. Well, let me s- Would anyone question a king? No. Cause you would be, uh, have your head in a nice piece of wood, getting ready to watch your head play some uh, bowling and hope you get a strike. Um, no, we don't question kings. So why do we question the king of kings? Isaiah 45, 7 to 9 says it this way, and it leaves no, no room. For questioning. Lots of room for obedience. Picking up in verse 7 of Isaiah 45. I form the light and create darkness. I make well-being and create calamity. I am the Lord. Who does all these things? Shower, O heavens, from above, and let the clouds rain down righteousness. Let the earth open, that salvation and righteousness may bear fruit. Let the earth cause them both to sprout. I, the Lord, have created it. Woe to him who strives with him who formed him. A pot among earthen pots. Does the clay say to him who forms it, What are you making? Or your work has no handles? In a nutshell, there is no room for questioning God. Colossians one sixteen to 16-17 For by him all things were created in heaven and on the earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions, or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. So as I mentioned, there's a popularized idea out there that you can read the scripture and say, "Nah, God wouldn't do it that way. That does not match what we see today or what we have our brains wired to think these days. And so they say to themselves, well, I'm going to, I'm going to fix this problem. I'm just going to put a ton of effort into this and I'm just going to do a bunch of research and this and that. And I'm going to formulate. We love to do that, don't we? Love to formulate things, put them in ways that we can understand it and grasp it. And they're going to find out and discover what the real truth is. And since they formulated it, well, it must be true because it makes sense to them. Well, the reality is is that when does God do things that we can comprehend? Um, Nothing turning into everything? Can you comprehend that? I certainly can't. Um, You look around at everything around us. It's There's an. It's not uh, comprehensible. It's just. But we know it's. We know we're here. We know the universe is here. We know everything is here, and we know. Well, my prayer is that we do know that God is the sovereign God over it all. And as I said before, He has all authority, all power, and nothing happens without Him willing it to happen. My faith was almost obliterated. Not that long ago by being given, uh, and shown information, uh, and guided toward it. That was a so-called Christian resources. And these resources spent their time and, well, I believe lots of time, uh, to reimagine, rediscover and basically tear God's word down to make it fit our current, uh, society's ideas of how God does things and what has happened in God's Word and how that applies to our lives. And let me tell you, that is a dangerous, extremely dangerous place to go. It is only by the grace of God that I'm still here to talk to you today that because my faith was in absolute uh, turmoil. They um, desperately, desperately trying to hold on to my faith. But when you are exposing yourself to materials that are just designed to tear things down and to open up question after question after question after question, and these items are... The threadwork and the fabric of the scriptures. What do you have left to stand on? Where do the questions end? And I'm going to challenge you later on that. So what brought me back and kept me the whole time was the sovereignty of God. And thank the Lord for that. God is without a doubt the creator and ruler of this universe. He created it, as he said he did. And some say that this is non-essential. They say the difference of opinion on the scriptures that talk about the creative process, the introduction of mankind, and the history of mankind are non-essentials. And they alter these understandings and events to the secularized ideas. And they are so wrong to do that. As I said, it is an interwoven theme throughout the scriptures, and you cannot alter it. Otherwise, the whole no longer makes sense. Also, a common theme is that as I was going down that road was that people were teaching and saying that the human authors had influence on the scriptures. And I challenge you, and I say, if that's what you hold, is God sovereign? Is he in control of everything, especially his word, which he knows is extremely crucial to us to understand who he is? If he is sovereign, it is all from God. He is in full control and full power, of, of what was put down, and there was no, not creative, uh, what do you call that, uh, allowances <laughs> to the writers. We're not writing poetry, it's not writing different things, it's, it's writing things, historical, sometimes poetry, sometimes different types of writing, but all for a purpose, all from the sovereign God who is sending a very important message to his creation. So if the Bible is allowed to have those uh um I lost the word but the uh if they can have freedom in their creative process is God sovereign? Now I would say no. He is not sovereign then. But he is sovereign. He through the working of God and the Holy Spirit was completely guiding the process, And do not ever allow yourself to go anywhere different that says any different. God is in complete control of everything, especially his word. Proverbs 3, 5 to 6 says it this way, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all ways acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. How can one expect to thrive in Christ, God and the Holy Spirit, When we approach him and his word with anything less than awe and humility. Reading the word of God with self-pride will destroy your faith. Let go of yourself. You don't need to understand it all. You just need to be able to know the God that wrote it. And humble yourself and be honest and love and serve him with honest love and obedient service. And just remembering that when we don't understand things, praise the Lord and understand He's like I said before, He doesn't need our permission or our understanding. One prime example of that is the sovereignty of the crucifixion, Acts four twenty seven to twenty eight. For I truly, for truly in this city, we were gathered together against your holy servant, Jesus Christ, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the people of Israel to do what your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. So the your in that last sentence, that's, that's God. The sovereign God chose To save this world, how? Think about it. By what means? Hours of ridicule, immense pain, death, in a horrific way. The all-powerful, all-knowing God, whose authority is stopped by nothing and no one, chose this way to provide salvation to a created bunch of sinful people, that way, does that make sense? Is that if we were to rationalize it and say it, was that how we would think it would happen? It would go down. I don't think so. First Corinthians one eighteen to twenty five says, "For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to those of us who are being saved, it is the power of God." For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, the discernment of the discerning I will thwart. Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has God not made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom. It pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. The Jews demand the signs, the Greeks seek wisdom, but we preach... Christ crucified a stumbling blocks to the Jews folly to the Gentiles but to those who are called both Jew and Greek the power of God and the wisdom of God for the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men are we getting this yet I hope so so why when we preach or others preach and teach and do we fall into the traps of the intellect By design, God did amazing things, all powerful things, on purpose, by design, in ways that we would not do it. Earlier I mentioned that God does not give us what we deserve, and I thank the Lord for that. What logic is there in the cross? What logic is there um, in him dying that way? and not just choosing to destroy us and wipe us out. That is what we deserve thousands of years ago, let alone now. (laughs) And thank the Lord that he's a loving, sovereign God, and he doesn't do things the way we would think they would be done. He chose to humbly die on a cross for us, and I thank the Lord that Braden made that step this morning to publicly stand with Christ first corinthians one twenty eight to thirty one God said, "God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of the Lord." Because of him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became the wisdom of God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption, so that, as it is written, let no one who boasts boast in the Lord. An excellent way to protect yourself against teaching and preaching that could be steering you in the wrong way is to look at the man behind the teaching. Is there boastfulness? pride and arrogance or are they humble, passionate and loving. This sounds silly, but it's a real problem. And ego is a huge problem. And for whatever reason, there's a tendency and a pressure of humans to reinvent the wheels. And it's horrible in the workplace. I'm sure you've experienced it. Um, it's even worse when you're doing that with the Bible. Um, The sovereign God, I'm sure, does not like that. And it's, we are not allowed to stretch it, add to it, change it, or take anything away from the Word of God. The Word, the material I was exposed to did all those things. And thank the Lord that, What really made it obvious was that I didn't read the books. I said, I'm not investing money into something. I found videos online of the lectures. And wow, I could see how people can get fooled through the books because they would be packaged in such a way and cleverly written and done, and you can miss it. But the arrogance and the pride and the scoffing nature of this man, that's what really, like, poof, when I saw that, it just woke me up. And I said, no, no, this is super dangerous. But without that, without studying the man behind it, you can get fooled. Protect yourself. Protect the church. Stick to the word of God. His sovereign word. And watch for anyone who self-promotes themselves. As uh, the passage I just read, let no one boast. When they're boasting in themselves and creating a brand of themselves, and just proceed with caution, please. Weigh all things against the scripture. And that is gonna, gonna keep you on the straight and narrow. When we think about our understanding, just look, drive out to the, out of the city limits, out of the lights, far away as you can turn off your car, lay on the hood if you can, and look up. Just say, wow. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that you are so unbelievably powerful, unbelievably smart, and have created such unbelievably wonderful things. And that's enough. That should be enough. Put aside the tendency of the questions and just say, wow, thank you, Lord. Just a reminder of what we've defined as the sovereignty of God. God is the absolute ruler of all things, controls all things. Nothing has happened or will happen without God allowing it to happen and no one outside of God has any authority over any part of His creation. God has complete authority. Now I do hate to do this, but um, I don't know whether to say congratulations or just cry. But the to the fast asleep church in Canada has uh, we have to wake up. There's uh day by day it appears our freedoms are being taken away by and by law it is coming through um, we are no longer allowed in certain areas of life to speak the truth that our bible and uh, that our lord gave us that is a guide to protect his created people to health to Safety to uh, a good life to, to do things the way he designed us to do. And our rights are being taken away to even help people who want help to, to live the way the Lord wants us to. And that breaks my heart. Bill C4 has passed, started as Bill C8 went to Bill C-6 each time, getting worse (laughs) in its writing and taking away more freedom of speech every time. For some reason, got fought and pushed back before when it was written in ways that were actually better for us. And then when it got to the point where rights and freedoms are taken away, all parties unanimously pushed it through. I can sit there and say, Why? Why? Why, Lord? Why is this happening? I urge everyone to go and read the bill and see what's happening. So you see, God is in control. God is sovereign. I despise what is happening. But... God is sovereign. Who am I to question? But God also does give us and wants us to be awake, to speak up, to share his word, to be his ambassadors here, not like the disciples sleeping. So now, what is done is done. And again, God is sovereign. So we have to say, well, what are you doing, Lord? Why, why is this happening? Maybe we need to have things like this happen. See, Canada is, has been officially a pagan nation for a while now. Now we are starting to see the laws of our land show it. And you see, there is a lot of nations over time, and definitely definitely documented in the Bible, where God turned over nations to the pagans. Most of the time, over time, God came back and ruled that nation again. Canada is in a pagan state. Right now, we need to push harder. We need to serve our sovereign God without apology, with passion and love, being good representatives of Christ, representing who He is in everything we do, and working towards bringing Canada back to God, and when we look at all sorts of different things in the churches, you don't have to look far to see the acceptance of what the world allows into the church and I was again heartbroken with something else I seen the other day where but it's uh you know we're there's actually churches out there that preach and teach a cursing is fine. <laughs> you know, I don't get it. How a Christian could think they can be dropping language like that and think it's okay when J- James 3 and other verses say not really. <laughs> um but uh that goes with what I was saying earlier with we choose what we want. Uh Coveting, slander, lying, homosexuality, and all sorts of sins. They're all becoming more and more downplayed in the church on, on whole. The universal church. We need to take a stand. We need to say, listen, Lord, your word is sovereign. Your word says these things are bad for us. We know that they're bad for the people in our community and it's all out of love. Don't ever forget that. It's because we love people. Now we want them to be healthy. And we need to speak love and truth. Now certain doctrines of sovereignty are hard to accept. Um There's lots of them. Like, I don't have time to get into all of it, but election is one. Again, don't understand it, but it's there, and it's a huge study, huge study. Um, There's other, there's lots of areas of, of the sovereignty that are very difficult to grasp, and the reason why we have struggled sometimes to grasp and hold on to it is because we really have to lay ourselves down. We really have to surrender our pride and our control issues And say God is sovereign over all. Um, and sometimes that, you know, we all get the questions. We all get the things. Why if God is so great, why did he let my loved one die? Why did he allow me to get sick? Why is my life so hard when other people's lives are an easy street? Why, why they go on forever? I challenge you to say, when you go through the times of why, look and see what God is doing. In that time, I guarantee you, in the moment, (laughs) it's very hard to see. But still search. After, please, put the threads together and you'll see that God had his loving hand on the thing the whole time. I've experienced it many times. When my grandmother died, it was sudden It was bad all of a sudden she was healthy she's on the phone my mother starts slurring her speech and stands up and falls and that was it from nothing to every like everything and that was really hard and we didn't want to let go we were in the hospital for a long time she was on life support doctors continually going after my family to say just pull the plug it's it's over um It took a week and a half for that decision to be made. When you piece it all together and when you think in hindsight the one thing my grandmother's wish always was she didn't want to know when it was coming. And boy, she didn't. From the middle of a conversation to meeting our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ face to face like that. God was sovereign in her situation. Hard for us to deal with, but Man, his sovereignty, it shows through. And his love for us is so connected to his sovereignty. Jesus had those questions too when he was on the earth. Jesus, God's sovereign plan was to send Jesus to give us an in-person, live example of how to live. Jesus was exposed to what we are. He was tempted in every way. And at, like we discussed with the sovereignty of the crucifixion in Gethsemane, I'm running low on time. So we're, if you want to look at Matthew 26, 36 to 46, but I'm just going to paraphrase for us today that when he was in the garden and he's with his followers and he goes to the Lord in prayer saying, my soul is very sorrowful, even to death. He asks his people to wait here while I pray with my father. And he says, father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. He lays, he respects the sovereignty and authority of his father. You can see that he wished the answer would come down that would say, it's okay, son. Found another way, that wasn't the way. And he obediently went through with the horrific, horrific way to provide us salvation. Thank the Lord. Now in Luke 4, 28 to 30, see, Jesus could have done something like that in the garden, where he was met, he was in near his hometown, And they were asking him basically, you know, well, if you just provide a miracle, you know, maybe we'll believe you, but we know who you are. You know, you're Joe, you're, you're Joseph's son, you know, uh, just provide a miracle and we'll say, yeah, yeah, we, we believe your Lord. Jesus didn't go for that. And they ousted him. And it says in Luke four, after rejecting their idea, Um, Sorry, I'll pick it up at 28. When they heard these things in the synagogue, they were filled with wrath. They rose up and drove him out of the town, brought him to the brow of the hill on which their town was built so that they could throw him over the cliff. But passing through their midst, he went away. (laughs) God can do whatever he wants. Just, oh yeah, you want to kill me? Well, guess what? Today's not the day. You're going to wait a little bit. It's coming, but you're going to wait and just walks through, and our Lord can do whatever He pleases. Our faith, and our strength of our faith, our, I'll call it success, in our faith walk, really is dependent on where we stand and what we believe in the sovereignty of God. And I really believe that. Because if you don't understand that doctrine of the the sovereignty of God, you're left with the allowance to question. You're left with the allowance to make decisions on your own. It opens up a massive can of worms that you don't want to go down. God wants our full obedience, our full love and our honor and respect. And when we deal with humans who are in positions of authority, we're trained to, you act a certain way, you, you, you know, you don't speak to them the same way, you don't do things the same way. Just think of how hi, we ought to think about the Lord. Commune and communicate and be with the Lord in that manner. That is the path to having your Christian journey, your pilgrimage, have success and not toiling and falling and stumbling and struggling. and It's... We, we need to lay ourselves down and say, Lord, you are sovereign. What do you will me to do? And that is the place that I hope that after this, uh, this morning that we can all, we can all get to that we are start that journey. If we're not already there to honor, love and respect our Lord in that way. So we're faced with the question, who do you serve? Do you serve the God who changes to suit what you want? Do you serve the God that matches our intellect and our understanding? Or do we serve the God who is the absolute ruler of all things, controls all things, Nothing has happened or will happen without God allowing it to happen, and no one outside of God has any authority over any part of his creation and follow the God who has complete authority. That is my prayer today. So choose wisely. Your faith depends on it. Your salvation may depend on it. Make sure you know who the true God is. And the only way to do that is to read the Bible in humility and love and adoration and awe. Amen. Let's pray. Dear God, I pray that you would be with all of us in person, on Zoom, or in our community. Lord, I just pray that you just just do your will here in Timmins, Lord. And sometimes it's got to get worse before it gets better. I definitely observe out there that it's getting worse. Lord, help us to to seek you and to do your will and to honor and respect you the way that you deserve as being the sovereign Lord. Amen. I'll call up the praise group. Thank you.
0: Just while we're getting set up, Paul writes in Colossians, Colossians 1-9, For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you and asking God to fill you with the knowledge of His will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. And we pray this in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord, and just goes on to talk about who Jesus is. For by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together, and he is the head of the body, the church, he is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything, he might have the supremacy. Let's close. Stand if you're comfortable. We're going to close with Build My Life. Indeed. May the Lord bless you, and may you be a blessing to the Lord in your lives. Thank you for listening.